Mike, Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Okay. So that wasn't ideal for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yankees win. The Yankees win. 7-2 the final. Sure, the Bo Sox lost. But the Mariners won. But to almost fittingly quote Yankees legend Yogi Berra, it ain't over till it's over. And it's as true now as it was when Berra uttered the words in 1973. Admit it. 85% of you already counted this Jays team out. We already hit the panic button, what, twice, twice. Jesse? Yes, correct. Two times? Yep. Double it up? Yep. Uh, uh. We've mm. already hit that thing twice. And yet, and yet, a week ago, the bandwagon rolled like it was 2015, or dare I say, 1993. Yes, this may be trying to ski through a revolving door, but if you haven't been watching or been distracted by this whole global pandemic thing, the last two bleeping seasons have been like skiing through a revolving door. And yet, here they are. The Jays still have a chip and a chair. And frankly, they probably have no business having that chip or that chair. The only two batting lineups in the major leagues that are younger than the Jays are Cleveland and Baltimore. Even with the signings, the trades, the pitching staff, they're still one of the youngest teams in the big leagues. And yet, time and time again, they have been tested. They have been left for dead more than once. And yet, here they are, still standing and still got a shot. I'll, I said it before, I'll say it again. You never lose if you always keep fighting. And this team, this team has shown the type of metal and perseverance to be able to stay in this thing from Dunedin to Buffalo, back to Toronto, all points in between. Just to stick around this thing is exactly the type of perseverance they will need to summon right here, right now. Do you like the summon yeah. that I settled into? That they need to summon right here, right now. movement from you today. I like it. Against a Cy Young candidate and Garrett Cole, you need to summon some sort of power. And you'll need to summon it again against Corey Kluber and John Means. It's going to take a five-game winning streak. It will take five straight wins. But it starts with one. Tonight, Jesse mm. Rubinoff. Tonight, Canada. It's time to summon the inner Jose Batista or Joe Carter to be the hero. At the end of the night, I think that's a song. Those don't happen without a Robbie Alomar blast or an Edwin Encarnacion home run. Arms extended. Speaking of summoning, <laughs> arms extended. Carter doesn't get to touch them all or hit the biggest home run in his life without Paul Molitor's single or Ricky Henderson's walk. So it's time to summon Henderson's guile. And Molitor's smooth swing. Time to summon the ghosts of Blue Jays. Stop doing this over there, Sorry. Jesse. Stop. Sorry. You're distracting me. <laughs> Time to summon the ghosts of Blue Jays past and find your Alfredo Griffin or Pat Borders. Do it for those who came before you. 
the John Allroods and the Luis Sohos and Turner Wards and all points in between. Find that inner strength you saw from Russell Martin and Josh Donaldson, but also Kevin Pillar, you'll remember. You had to get a bat on a ball in the bottom of the seventh against Texas. Find somebody to be the pinch-running Dalton Pompey or Ryan Goins. Just enough to distract Simon, Sam Dyson. Simon Dyson. Who cares? He was kind of a D-bag. Just enough to distract Sam Dyson so that we could get this. That doesn't happen without a couple of bats on balls, without Elvis Andrews, bingo, bango, bongo. Kobe Bryant once said everything, negative, pressure, challenges, it's all an opportunity to rise. Sound familiar, Jesse? Rise? Huh? Used to be a line that the Jays would use along with blue grit. Mm, The Jays have that opportunity to rise again tonight. Game three of the game two of the three games that goes tonight. Dan Shulman Shaidavidi will stop by before Blue Jays Central takes over. 6.30 Eastern time. We will continue on Sportsnet 360 for another half hour and we'll counter-program the Jays pregame with an interview with Nick Nurse, head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Yes, every game day starts with Tim and friends, but we also provide some choice. So if basketball is your game or you already know enough about the Jays and don't need the pregame, hang out with your friends here at Tim and Friends. Jesse Rubinoff with me as always as we get down to brass tacks, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> well, I kind of know it's also kind of gruesome. So let's just do first things first. Jesse Biggie, summon it. First things first. first. You know what it's time for the Jays to do right now? It's time to roll up the sleeves. There's no more messing around here. I hear you. Yeah, not a great night for the Blue Jays. The and path show to the postseason. COVID test. Yeah. What's yeah, up? What's hey. up? <laughs> the path to the postseason got a lot tougher after a 7 2 yes, loss to the Yankees last night. In the opener of their critical three game set, the Jays are now three games behind the Yankees, but they remain one game back of the Red Sox for the second wild card after Boston. Hey, lost to the Orioles. There's just five games remaining in this season, Timmy. What do the Jays have to do to make it into the playoffs? Yeah, they got to win out now. Yeah. They, they have to win out now, and they have to score more than two runs against Jamison Tyon and five relievers, no matter how good the relievers are. And they got to learn. Learn from the experience that steel sharpens steel, and being in these big moments can pay massive dividends, if not this year, then down the road, but... It could be this year if you learn quick enough. You know, respected baseball writer Keith Law once wrote, there's no such thing as a clutch hitter. He was wrong. However, Law believed that players couldn't raise their game in clutch situations. What he didn't take into account is for all the players who try hard to change their approach, all the players who just flat out crap their pants in clutch situations. He didn't take that into account when saying there's no such thing as clutch. And I think we saw a little bit of that yesterday. And this is where the Jays can learn. We've seen a little bit of that throughout this kind of post run, this stretch Mm -hmm. run. Don't change the approach. Don't try and do too much. Trust in the talent. I repeat, 
trust in the talent because it's there for everyone to see. But every once in a while in sports, especially when you've been a superstar your entire life, you push a little too much to be the man. And this team is full of dudes that have been superstars their entire life. And I've seen a little bit of that over the last little while. Now they just got to relax and do what they've done to get them here, and that's not push. Take good approaches at the plate. Don't chase it. Guriel did that Yikes. last night. Yeah. There was one at bat where he was swinging at stuff that I would swing at. Bo hadn't been doing that until last night. He was swinging at a bunch of stuff that he normally lets go, and Vladdy has hit another skid. But like I said earlier, most folks have already counted them out once before, and I warned you about it when you did that. I'm still interested to see what they have left in the tank because I believe that you can learn in moments like this and sometimes it takes an entire season. But for the very special, sometimes it takes just a couple games and they can snap out of it. Well, it's a, it's a very good point, but the issue is who they're going up against tonight. Can you find a way to get those bats going? Can you change the approach going up against... Uh, a top Cy Young candidate tonight in Garrett Cole. The pitching matchup tonight, Garrett Cole against Jose Barrios. Is there a chance the Blue Jays can turn the tide and get it done against Garrett Cole tonight? You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers, and obviously his numbers against the Jays are pretty good this yep. season. 2-1 and one with a 274 ERA. Um, the opponents averaged 202 in those four starts, but... Uh, I was Googling quickly to get to September 7th against the Jays. Three and two-thirds, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, two Ks, and he left the game with a hamstring injury. Like, he, he wasn't all that good. Now, the rest of the year, he's been very good against the Jays, although they did get enough on opening day to beat him as well. Listen, this is baseball. Anything can happen. Sports. At any time. And the Jays just need one right now. And then they'll need another one tomorrow. Yeah. And then they'll need another one against Baltimore. In fact, they'll need three. Need to win five in a row. It starts tonight. If there's a silver lining, it's that Jose Barrios is going to be opposing Garrett Cole. And Barrios yeah. has been dealing lately. In fact, he does have a better ERA in the month of September than Garrett Cole. 327 ERA for Barrios. 461 ERA in September for Garrett Cole. This is why you got Barrios. Yeah. This is, this is exactly why you got him. And I know there was a little struggle out of the gate for Barrios, but he has settled in oh, yeah. and he has been good. This is why you went out and spent those two top five draft picks or at least prospects um, to get him. And it'll be really interesting to see if, if he can outduel Garrett Cole here. You give yourself a chance. No doubt. Uh, very talented, both of those pitchers. You know who else is uh, a little bit talented? It would be Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, my God. Who blew last night's game wide open with a three-run home run in the seventh inning of last night's game. His swing absolutely blew the mind of the baseball world. The pitch from Trevor Richards, a changeup down and in, was 1.26 feet off the ground, the lowest pitch Stanton has ever homered off of in his entire career. Now, Blue Jays producer Chris Black gave it even more context, tweeting, Trevor Richards had thrown, ready for this, 917 changeups down and out of the zone in his major league career before tonight, and none had ever been hit for a home run. Now, it drew a lot of reaction on social media, 
What was your reaction yeah, to Stanton's bomb? Most of the reaction from Jays fans was flat out wrong. And I don't know if it was swayed by Joe Siddle doing a wonderful job talking about yes. the pitch sequencing. Yep. But what Joe Siddle said before he gave you the pitch sequencing, which may have led you to change up down and in if you were watching. And I felt like there were a bunch of Jays fans that didn't understand the context with which Joe was giving the sequencing. And it was fastball and then change up, fastball and then change up. And yes, yes, Stanton as a good hitter might have been sitting change up low and inside. But what he did with that ball is what one or two players in the world can do one or two times in their career. This is the first time, as we mentioned, as you mentioned quite correctly, the first time he's ever done anything like this in his career. And he's one of the best home run hitters in all of baseball. This is the first Look time he's... And it's the first time the pitcher has ever done it. One in 917. Like, what he did last night was a one in a million thing. And I can't believe how many Jays fans didn't just... Listen, I get it. Your team lost in part because of it. So you're just pissed off. But it wasn't Richard's fault. Not at all. In any way, shape, or form. Even if you guess right on that. Which you have to. To get there. To do it is still a near one in a million from a player who is already one in how many, I'm not just going to say billion, but not everyone plays baseball. How many millions of kids who play baseball? Aaron Boone said last night he's a unicorn, and that's exactly what that was. That home run was a unicorn. Absolutely. And the difference, it seems, um, at least in last night's game, and you touched on it a little bit, just the production from the middle of the order. We saw Stanton's bomb, Judge as well, getting it down at the plate. These guys have been on fire, specifically Stanton, over the last little while. Go back to that Red Sox series. So the difference is is the middle of the order right now. Vladdy hitless through four games. So how do they get it done? Uh, How do you change your approach? During the Blue Jays sweep at Yankee Stadium earlier this month, Judge and Stanton were combined 8 for 31 with (laughs) one run scored while hitting into two double plays. Uh, They went 4 for 7 last night with two walks, three runs scored, five RBIs. This is 162. This is what happens. You want them to come through when it matters most. And that's the idea of clutch is that you can continue to do what you do well. And right now, Stanton's on a heater for the ages. And that was just part of the heater. Uh, The Jays right now just need to trust in their talent. As I said, those guys are good. The numbers over the entire year, over the whole 162, are really, really good. And they're also really young, and this is the first time that they've been in this spot. And we talked about the exact same thing about a month ago. This was the first time that they've been there. The season's really, really good, and both of them bounced out. And we were talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for MVP again, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we did that. That wasn't long ago. So we can't forget about that, even if you're in the midst of what is the most important game of the year tonight. Yeah, it, it, you mentioned how the, it seemed like 
their approach. They need to trust the talent. That's what you're saying. They need yeah. to trust the talent. And, and the players do too. Yeah. Because you get into these spots as an athlete, and I've never been in one, but I've studied it for like 25 years. You get into these spots and you think, I've done this before. Mm -hmm. I've put a team on my back and carried it. But when you're playing best on best, when you're playing, they will take away what you do well. And sometimes you just have to go with it. And it's so against the nature of the greatest athletes on planet Earth to do that. But that's what they have to do. They have to trust their talent. Every year in the postseason in the NFL, people take away what you do well. Can you do those other things well? And that's what we're seeing here. Really good pitchers and hitters doing things that the Baltimore Orioles can't. And that's why they suck, right? Like, that's why the Yankees paid all that money for all these players, because they're good. And even though they go through slumps, these things will happen. And vice versa, or the other way for the Jays and Bo Bichette as he gets ready for tonight's game. I love the pitchers, by the way, oh, from the yeah. Dome as they get ready for the game. Feels like I'm right there watching. Well, in that answer, you dropped an Orioles suck. Orioles didn't suck too much last night. No, not last that night. That is the no. one positive for the Toronto Blue Jays last night. The Orioles beating the Red Sox 4-2 to keep the Jays within one game of the second wild card. But the Mariners are now a half game ahead of the Jays after they beat the A's again last night. There's been a ton of focus on the American League East teams, but could Seattle actually end up with the second wild card here? Yes, aren't they in the driver's seat right now? Yeah. Like, if you look at it, I think, I, listen, I don't know how many games they can win consecutively against one team. Like, that's the hard part here. Like, what happened to the A's? The A's were right there, and the Mariners have beat them, what, 11 straight? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the difference. Straight? The Mariners just started destroying them every time they played. So can they win 13 or 14 straight against the same team? I don't know, and that's the same thing I said going into last night about the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, they should sweep the rest of the way, but that's not how baseball works, and that's not how baseball worked last night. But I will say this. My favorite thing is when people just answer the question in front of them, mm -hmm. and did Chris Sale not give us a soundbite for the ages? Like, I feel like we could ask any stupid question. We could play any blooper, and all you got to do is play what Chris Sale said to the stupid question that he got yesterday after the game. Yeah, that sucked. Um, there's no question. I mean, we got to win these games. That's it. I mean, any game we lose, it sucks. Any game we win, we're one step closer. Sorry, Chris Sale, how tough was it to have the 2 nothing lead and then to have the Baltimore Orioles beat you? Yeah, that sucked. Um, <laughs> That's me when I stumble over a script after the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like we could just we could play a bunch of different things every day and just yeah. put that on the end. Yeah, that seems like that could go on the Does soundboard. Does that go on the sure. soundboard? Yeah, I think it has to, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's move on to another great story in the major leagues. Obviously, the focus mainly on the Blue Jays and the AL East and the Wild Card and the Mariners, but the St. Louis Cardinals win streak is at 17 games after they beat the Brewers on Tuesday. With the win, St. Louis clinched the second wildcard spot. In the National League, they'll face either the Dodgers or the Giants, whoever doesn't win the NL West in the wildcard game. San Francisco and LA have the two best records in the majors. But would you pick anybody to beat the St. Louis yeah. Cardinals right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
the 105 win team probably or 104 win team that's going to face them in the wild. At first I thought this was ridiculous that one of those teams was going to get in and face whoever finishes second which looks like the Los Angeles Dodgers right now in the National League West but the Cardinals have like full marks like 17 in a row. It's the longest winning streak by a National League team since 1937. <laughs> it is unbelievable. I'm sorry, 1937. Nine, yeah, I want to, to double check. Wow. I looked down at my notes. 1937. Okay, if they win ago. the rest of their regular season um, games, they would match Cleveland in 2017 for the second longest streak in Major League Baseball history. So they could lose that one game. The crazy thing is, is that. One of these two teams, either uh, what 103, 104, 105 win Dodgers probably, or Giants, or the team that is on the longest NL winning streak in like almost a hundred yeah. years, is going to lose a one-game matchup in the wild. It's card. like how much stock do we put in a team getting hot at the right time, right? Because we see that in, in every sport, whether it's the hockey team, you get into the playoffs and they have a hot goalie and then they just go on a run. Yeah. It's like that's what the St. Louis Cardinals are at right now. But that's what the St. Louis Cardinals always do. <laughs> right. Like they always seem to find a way. They're the one that made everyone go, I don't know about this wild card because of their run in 2011. It's, <laughs> it's they, they just seem to, whatever they have in the water there, the culture there, they're doing something right because um, like one of their months earlier this year was one of the worst that they've ever had in their franchise history. And yet here they are doing yeah. this. Very proud franchise too. Yeah. Always somehow successful. Always. Speaking of proud franchises. Yes. The Edmonton Oilers. Hey. Oh. I, I tried to go Gretzky to Curry there. Oh, very nice. Yeah, the Oilers offense looked uh, in mid-season form last night in a 6-0 win over the Seattle Kraken in front of more than 13,000 fans at Rogers Place. Edmonton got goals from Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, Darnell Nurse, Essie Puglia-Yarvi, and two from Brendan Perlini. What impressed you most about the oil? I, I want to, like, I, I really want to go, like, Perlini, have the conversation, go with some obscure kind of deep hockey cut that will have all those people who are so insular in and around hockey let me in. But the answer is McDavid. It's always McDavid. The pass to Hyman was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, he's leaning the other. Watch Zach Hyman's face once he realizes what just transpired. He just chuckles. Now, let me remind you. This is, <laughs> what the hell was that? Was his reaction, right? Like, this is a guy that just came from Marner and Matthews <laughs> so and now is playing with McDavid and he turns to him and goes, what the hell was that pass? Thank you very much. May I have another? And he will. Like, he might have 40 of them because of Connor McDavid. It was just leaning the wrong way, such a subtle move. And you know how much I love the subtleties of games. Mm -hmm. That pass is just ridiculous. Just, how does it seem like every single offseason we come back and, and somehow Connor McDavid has not either not dropped off at all, but actually gotten a little bit better at something? And it just seems like every single year that happens for a guy who's been the best player in the league already for a number of seasons. Like, yeah. Just the, the, the ability to harness that talent and continue to get better. Like, I don't understand how it happens. Yeah. What is he doing in the offseason that he can just come back and be better well, he's every like, single year? He's, like, obsessive about the game, right? right. To be at that level. He's a, but he does this thing that 
and I'm going to give full credit. And there's uh, we need to pour a little out for a bunch of people across this nation. Uh, radio took a big hit yeah. at Rogers today, and a lot of friends and and, and people who come on the show um, lost their jobs today. And I'm going to give full credit here to Scotty Rintoul. Um, who I do the show with. It was used to be the Rintoul show, mm -hmm. and it was Rintoul and, and Sermon, and their producer, Jamie, gave me a line. It's called Chuckles Per 60. And I always talk about players who can make you chuckle and make other players in the National Hockey League or whatever pro league they play in laugh. Like, McDavid made Zach Hyman laugh. Yes. The chuckles per point. 60 that McDavid gives me when I watch him play is worth the price of admission every time. And whatever it is he's doing in the offseason yeah. to answer your question gives me the chuckles per 60, and I absolutely love it, yeah. and I'm here for it. Uh, okay, shifting gears, serious story we got to talk about here. The Ukrainian Hockey League yeah. is under fire after handing down a three-game suspension to Andre Deniskin after making a racist gesture toward a black player, American Jalen Smerich, in a game earlier this week. Now, Deniskin had the choice of being suspended for an additional 10 games or pay a fine, get this, less than $2,400 Canadian. As you may expect, there's been an outcry from around the hockey world. Tim, what was your reaction to this? It was ridiculous. And, and the way it was uh, attempted to be sold by the Ukrainian Ice Hockey Federation or yeah. whatever it's called, uh, they said three plus 10 games or pay a fine. And everyone kind of went to Google to try and figure out how much the fine actually was. And it's absolutely ridiculous. I hope that the idea that anyone who even thinks of doing anything remotely close to this being known worldwide as an absolute ignorant a-hole will stop people more than this ridiculous suspension that we've seen handed down. No question. I mean, Just don't do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's got to be a harsher. It's got to be a harsher punishment. Like that. the fact that he went through this whole routine to do it too proves to me that he had thought about that before he did it. Yeah. Which is even more disgusting. If you're ever thinking of doing something like that in any sport, just slap your own face, move on, and then do some reading, and hopefully we'll all be in a better place it, after it. It's unanimous across the board <laughs> yeah. that it needs to be a harsher penalty. Yeah, obviously, without a doubt. All right, still to come. My sit-down with Raptors head coach Nick Nurse from Raptors Media Day. Plus, we'll head to the ballpark a couple times ahead of the Yankees and the Jays as we check in Shai Davidi and Dan Schulman ahead of first pitch. And we'll get to your Jays' thoughts and feedback. We've been on the old oh. Twitter machine, at Tim and Friends, and people are weighing in. We'll get to those next. Tim and Friends on a hump day. Against the Blue Jays. Wow. 17 consecutive wins. The run of 21. It's been historic, amazing, incredible. How has grown ass men going to move on from sponsoring? It was just like a little bit of an eye opener for me that I was doing some things that I didn't even think were that big a deal. Jesse, a, a question that man made him panic immediately. And one of the things that the digital producer has been entrusted with oh as a part of his role is a soundboard. And I don't know if you have ever hit 
anything on that soundboard that I haven't scripted into a that's just not true into a prompter no. into a situation you have this power in front of you Jesse Rubinoff and you never use it ever and you that is correct. There it is, yeah. yeah I guess I don't use it. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Is there a Is there an OK Blue Jays on that? I think there's an OK Blue Jays. Not on this one. On the, it's not on mine. OK, OK, Blue you thought I, did, I passed the test. What do you mean? You thought I didn't know. What do you mean? You thought you were me on live TV. Before you hit that, you said not on this one. I feel pretty good about myself right now. <laughs> Jeez. I was getting quizzed on live TV, and I just passed it. What did I get? 80%? No. A minus? You said not on this one before you hit it. <laughs> I was scrambling. Way, I was what? looking for it. I caught it the last second, though. Speaking of those, that, where's, where are the, like, the fake microphones? Oh, yeah. Did we get rid of those? Gone? Yeah, no, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sebi said I forgot. I didn't know about the fake microphones in front of us. Uh, all right, I won't make that because that'll turn into You're a gift. Still gifts. recovering from the sneeze. Speaking of yeah, <laughs> speaking of gifts, we actually went out on uh, the internet earlier today. Had uh, a poll. We actually had a couple. There were a lot. Of, like my timeline has lit up over the last little while. Oh, nice. uh, do you want to give us first off the roster update sure. as I continue to quiz you live on national TV? Yeah, you got anything else for me? Uh, a roster update, a poll, and then let's start this gift thing. Okay, I love it. Here comes the roster update. <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays have selected to the Major League roster and will be active tonight. Jacob Barnes, right-handed pitcher, reliever. There you go. Anthony Castro, option to AAA. Okay. Jake Lamb has cleared release waivers. It is now a free agent. He was not eligible for the postseason roster, so that makes some sense. Yeah, and the Castro is he pitched yesterday, and thus he, they've used him up, so you might as well get a fresh arm in. Here's the lineup for tonight. Springer leading off, playing center field once again. Dickerson in left, Espinal third base. Reese McGuire will be catching. What are you smiling about over there? I just, you, you, you pulled up the lineup and we had done all the work to get our own lineup. <laughs> so we replaced your lineup with the lineup that we had done the work on. And I really appreciated that. No, you can't change it now. Go back. Well, fine. Watch what's going on here. Okay, so you pulled that one up. That's the Jays one. It's presented by TD. It's they beautiful. haven't paid I think us. the background's stunning. They, they haven't did paid a good us. Job with this. And then they flipped over to this one, which we have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, yeah, that one's cleaner. There, that one's cleaner. It's not off nice. the computer screen. Hey, Shout listen. Shout out Neil, your, font coordinator. Your boy, yeah. Neil Mattias, did the work, yeah. and you were... Walking away from that work, and we decided to put you in your place once again. Yes. I'm having a rough start to this block, I guess. It's not a rough start. We're allowed to talk about these things. This is a natural show. We pull the curtain back, and we have natural conversations. We pull the curtain back so much that my hand will go into your shot. I was just going to. I was just. <laughs> if I pull the curtain seen back. That before. Yeah. How long have we been doing this? Show? I haven't uh, seen that ever. I've done it a lot. Have you? Yeah. Just I guess I'm just too locked in. Careful when I when I use the wrong finger to tell you what I, I think of your job. I have to be very careful with please that. Please just do that during the break, please. Not this one. <laughs> Not this one. But whatever. Okay. Read between Let's the lines. Fine. Let's move on to the poll. Uh, the poll we sent out earlier today. <laughs> Will the Blue Jays make the postseason? 68.9% say no. Now, I'm not surprised because they have five games. Sorry, are we at 69% right now? No, I'm not rounding up. It's 68.9. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. We'll see. Long way to go, though. Could get to 69 very easily. Uh, let's take a look at some of the responses. Um, 
D Flip says they need to switch to the NL East, perhaps a swap with the Marlins. <laughs> yeah. Would be would be nice. But the Jays and the X-rays in yes. the NL East would help the playoff chances for sure. Topper says uh, they let too many winnable games slip through their fingers. Everyone on the team needs to be at their best right now, but sadly, only a few are playing at the level that is needed to make the playoffs. You made sort of that point, I think, in the opener, just the the middle of the order, pressing a little bit too much, maybe. Yeah, I saw the eyebrows. Yeah, they were locked in there. No, there's there's like a couple of things in that tweet. There, it's like. A lot of these guys have played well enough to make the playoffs. Yes. Like, there are a lot of really good seasons on this team. I don't know who you're keeping in the offseason, but this is not like a wasted season. And that's the one, like, the one thing I would caution, every, like, the trajectory on this team is still good. So take it easy. It might not end the way you want it to end. And I know that that could mean that Marcus Simeon and that, comment about still being a shortstop or Robbie Ray in his tight pants making however much he wants to make um, may end up happening somewhere else. By the way, I love the footwork there. I've never seen that warm-up drill. Um, but it's not a wasted season. It's actually still there. You're not going to like this next tweet then from Seven who says, and he's, and he's screaming yeah. because it's all capitals. Not enough heart and teammanship. They're just interested in personal stats. Losing two last-place teams is proof enough Montoyo fired. How much of this do you think has to do with the fact they lost last night? Yeah, people people are prisoners of the moment. Like, we sent out a a tweet in one of the worst moments, and the Montoyo was basically 60-40. He's doing a good job. And I wonder if where we would be at right now. Like, if we took an honest look at Montoyo over the entire season... Where would we be at? Smith, post this tomorrow after they win today and see the difference in right. the poll. Yeah. There you go. Prisoners of the moment. Prisoners that's okay. That's what we're here for is to try and pull back and give you the long view because most fans, when you're into it, are prisoners of the moment. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, not, man, not every team gets to play meaningful games with five games left in a 162-game season, and that is where they are right now, and they're not officially out of it yet. Keep so. saying the gift thing. Can you introduce the gift thing, and then we'll get to break? Yes, I can. All right. Uh, the Blue Jays are one game back of the wild card with five games to go. We asked you to drop a GIF to describe how you're feeling about the Jays' postseason you're, chances. You're allowed to be a prisoner of the moment. With the when, GIFs. When you send those GIFs in, right. be as much of a prisoner <laughs> of the moment as you want to be because this is real life. This is real drama. The, sorry, I've heard that somewhere before. Time to get to the ballpark after the break. Do the Jays... Is that too old a reference for you? Do you not remember that reference? I have no idea what you're talking about. Real life, real drama? Do the Jays need to go on a five-game winning streak? Someone tweet in, tell Jesse where real life, real drama, real TV is from. And can they start the train against Garrett Cole tonight? Shai Davidi next from the ballpark. This is Tim and Chris. I can just Google it. You've been waiting for this one for a while, and here it is. The Yankees and the Blue Jays open up the biggest series of the season. Ground ball, base hit into center field. Springer's going to come in to score. One to nothing, Blue Jays. Driven out to right field. See ya! Just goes the other way. Tie ball game. First and second, two down, and they're talking about Giancarlo Stanton. There's a swing and a high fly ball. Deep to left field and long gone. He's done it again. A 
three-run home run for Stan. He cannot be stopped. The Yankees take the opening game of the series. The Blue Jays still just won back to the Red Sox, who lost in Baltimore. Casey hadn't seen it. It's a tough start for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays last night. Not only did they lose, but the wave was going around the Rogers Center. By the way, I have no problem with the wave whatsoever. But if they want actual playoff games, the Jays need to start winning again starting tonight. You can't have fun at a game. Jays Yankees coming up Sportsnet. Blue Jay Central, 6:30 Eastern. Like I'm I'm I know I'm in the minority on the wave, uh, but I don't really care. If you're having fun at the ball game, it's like the hardcores are like, what are you doing the wave for? It's a really important point of the game. What you can't see the game when you're doing the wave? That might be the get, hottest take you've had get in months. Out of here. In months. Nobody love, likes the wave. I have had the same take for a long time. And in fact, during the pandemic, one of the things that Sid Sixero said to me is, I'll never get mad at the wave again. I started the wave once at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse at a Syracuse basketball game. I started the wave at a wedding once, and it was amazing. That's fun. Yeah, that's really fun. Well, the Carrier Dome's better, though. Uh, time now to bring Shai Davidi into the conversation. Terrible timing. Shai, do you like the wave? You know what? I'm actually reeling because now I'm in agreement with Sid, which <laughs> never feels good because I was thinking that too. The first time, first game back here when I saw the wave, I was like, you know what? I'm just happy that people are in the stands yes. and we're, we're back doing this. Like, do the wave. Have fun, man. After the, the past couple of years we've had, you know, just enjoy it. But, you know, normally I would be sickened by it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but, 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 you know, just enjoy yourself at this point. That's, but, you know, it doesn't feel good agreeing with Sid. So I feel like maybe I need to change my opinion. That's what I know. I, I changed Sid. Like, I was like, but people are just having fun. And after all this nonsense, like, this is what we need to get back. The world is too divisive these days, Shai Davidi. And I know that we all can't agree on the wave, but can't we just all agree on fun? And if people are having fun, who gives a bleep? Exactly. And <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, what that's like, people haven't been together in these kind of numbers. You know, now, I mean, we're obviously a couple months into this at this point. So, yeah, it's not old hat yet. I, I still. Every time uh, I come Shut to the ballpark now, I, I certainly still have that new appreciation for it uh, where, you know, like I'll, I'll never take this for granted again after the pandemic. Uh, not that I did beforehand, but I think you know what I mean. It's just yeah. uh, you, you certainly appreciate it a bit more. And just like, you know what, let's not be, let's not judge everybody all the time. You know what, you're at a game, have fun, you're getting lost in the moment. You know, that's part of the experience. Without a doubt. Hey, listen, we're watching uh, George Springer in the cage right now. And I know that you talked to George Springer before the game. What was the conversation about? Well, we talked about a few things. Uh, you know, one of the things, one of the takeaways I had from last night's game was, you know, you can do a lot of things right in baseball and then have a bad outcome. And, and to me, the Blue Jays did a lot of things right yesterday and had negative outcomes on them, right? There's three key points of the ball game. Obviously, if you look at the, the Ryu pitch to Rizzo that, you know, he somehow, you know, lifts into left field for a base hit. I mean, that's a good pitch. That's exactly what Ryu wanted to do with that pitch. And I would say, you know, 999 times out of 1,000, that's either a foul ball or swings through it. But it ends up a base hit in that game and certainly changes the course of the game. Then Dickerson makes a decent throw, not a perfect throw, but a decent throw uh, home to try and get the runner there. 
and then the ball intersects with the runner at that like you know the odds of the ball and the runner arriving at the same point at the same time uh, are extremely low and then that happens so he scores otherwise the runner's out uh, and then you of course the Stanton home run I mean you know, most guys are fouling that pitch off their foot if they make contact with it at all. And, you know, he rockets it 400 plus feet into the second deck. So, you know, I, I, I was asking George, like, how do you cope with that, right? It's like, this isn't, you know, July where you're like, it's okay, trust in the process, it'll normalize. This is a small sample size right now where you're certainly subject to randomness and you've got to get it done. And, you know, and he would say, like, you got to understand that. But, if, you know, if you start changing what you do, you know, you're going to get yourself into bigger trouble. You yeah. just have to believe and that you keep doing the right things. Most of the time, you're going to get the right outcome. And the times where you don't, you have to be able to just wipe it away and move on. Because, you know, for the Blue Jays, there still is another day. It's certainly a little bit of a tougher path now, but there still is another day. Yeah, it ain't over till it's over, said Yogi Berra, and I quoted that off the top of the show, and I also said that you need to trust the talent, and I thought that over the last little while, there are some Jays who are in this spot for the first time that have done that a little bit. I, Lourdes Gurriel had an at-bat where he was chasing stuff out of the strike zone, and I thought this is trust the talent. Uh, Bo Bichette, before last night, had a couple games in a row where he was swinging at a lot of stuff, and, and Vladdy... I know he's hit the skid. I haven't seen him do as much of that chasing, but it's really hard for the kids to just trust their talent, especially when they've been superstars their entire life. Did George bring that up at all in the conversation about the kids having to learn to trust that talent? Well, not necessarily in that way. It was more just sort of understanding that the more you try to do things, uh, it's that, that's bad in baseball. And I think those yeah. guys know it. But it's also just sort of understanding the emotion of what you feel in that moment and then learning to sort of drown it out in a sense and just trust in the things that you normally do. And I think these guys want it so bad. You know, like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. isn't out there chasing numbers. Boba Shed isn't out there chasing numbers. They just want to do damage to a baseball. Uh, and you can kind of see them wanting it. I mean, certainly Bo in some of those at-bats you are mentioning in the Minnesota series. You know, that's him trying to hurt a baseball really, really badly and maybe not necessarily waiting for a pitch that gives them a better opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in the first at-bat yesterday, you saw Guerrero, he's just, he was really ready to go for Tyon. He was ready to ambush him. You know, the fastball is like, you know, a few inches inside off the plate. And normally he's taken that pitch. Uh, but, you know, he was like, he saw a fastball. He's like, it's near my happy zone. I'm going to try to tattoo it. And then, you know, that's, he ends up popping up and that's not his game. So I think it's little examples like that where, you know, these guys are learning that, you know, they're, you know, they got a small taste of it last year, but it's different with fans. It's different in 162 game grind. It's different with this kind of pressure. And, you know, that's part of their learning process. And, you know, Jordan had been through that in his Houston days with what was a young team that graduated to that point. And, you know, there's some of that going on right now for this team right now. Uh, we just had an all-caps tweet that Jesse brought up about chasing stats. So would you agree or disagree with the notion that Toronto Blue Jays right now are more worried about stats? Yeah, I mean, that... It's kind of silly at this point. Like everybody's trying to obviously do some damage because that's going to help you, but nobody's up there looking at the scoreboard saying, "Hey, I need to get you know to this number of home runs, or I need this. My batting average is this, and I want hits." And you know that was another really interesting point that George made. He said, "Look, 
it's not about the, your, the scoreboard right now. It's not about stats or what any of that says. It's irrelevant. It's what you need to do in that moment to try and help your team win a ball game. And that's the only way to think about it. And, and to me, that's uh, it's obvious. But, you know, I think sometimes that gets reflected in, you know, a guy trying to hit a three-run homer with nobody on base or things of that nature, maybe trying too hard. Uh, and then it looks like somebody's chasing stats when someone's just trying to impact a ball game. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think you see selfishness in the play of this team. Uh, you know, I think maybe there is a little bit of the learning to manage the emotions and manage the desire. This is why they got Jose Barrios, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just think about the... Uh, just having that guy for this game. And, you know, Ryu was probably better than his, his stat line yesterday, but the thing is, you know, it, it's a relatively comfortable at bat, right? He's, the, the, that velocity piece isn't in there the way that it is with Barrios, who's really going to get in there. And he's got, you know, he's coming hard and the ball's breaking hard and in on guys. Uh, it's it's a much less comfortable at bat, and maybe that creates a little bit more margin for error for him. But, He's also pitched really well up to his potential. And, you know, for the Blue Jays, they wanted to have a compliment for Robbie Ray. You know, the big part, you know, a lot of what they've done in the recent years before this has been raising the floor on the talent in the organization. But, you know, the, the real shift started happening last offseason when they got Springer, they got Semien. It's about raising the ceiling uh, of the group that they have. And, you know, Barrios was a, a, a key to that because, you know, it's not only a piece for this year, it's a piece for next year as well, perhaps beyond further to that. Uh, and he's somebody who can carry the ball in this kind of game. And that you can put up against Garrett Cole and say, yeah, I feel good going into that game competing against arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball. Shy, love catching up with you, especially on a game day like today. Jays, Yankees, second of a three-game series tonight. Blue Jays Central is about 35 minutes away. Thanks for doing this. No problem. Embrace the eggs, guys. Have fun. <laughs> uh, there is Shy Davidi with fans already trickling into the ballpark. In fact, we got a tweet from the BD crew watching Shy talking live with you. And I hope he's not talking live with us because uh, the picture that BD crew includes in this tweet is him looking at his phone. Yeah, no, that was a little <laughs> bit before he was talking live to you, but still. Nice. Thanks for watching. Uh, I, I, love, I love that people will tag us on tweets like that and know what we're doing. That's We've always said that this show is about you guys. That's why Jesse is here, so that we can find things like this when you send them to us mm -hmm. live on the show. So it's awesome that we're doing that. We're not done at the Rogers Center. After the break, we'll check in with Dan Schulman ahead of his call of tonight's game. Next. And Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends, time for Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends, time for Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends. And now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Friends of the Show. Still can't believe the Sheepdogs made another song for us. Yeah, they're too good. We appreciate it. Back here for hour number two, Tim and Friends, full hour on Sportsnet 360. And that will include my sit-down with the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, from Media Day on Monday as he assesses his team going into the season and some prolonged conversation about Pascal Siakam included in that interview. Only 30 more minutes, however, on Sportsnet. But... Blue Jays Central takes over ahead of game two between the Yankees and the Jays. And we'll get you set for it starting right now. Game day, as always, starts right here on Tim and Friends. The Yankees 
took the air out of the dome last night with a 7-2 win in the series opener. Jays now three games back of the Yanks. A game behind the Red Sox, half game back of the M's in the wild card chase. Tonight feels like must win. I hate to do it, but I think this is a must win. And they'll have to do it against one of the best pitchers in baseball. Garrett Cole on the bump for the Yanks. 2-1 with a 2.74 ERA and a whip of one against the Jays this season. The 104 is on the entire season. The Jays counter with their deadline pickup. This is why you went out and got them. Jose Barrios, who they acquired for spots like this. 350 ERA and 11 starts for the Jays. Here's the lineup for the Bluebirds tonight. It's almost identical to last night. Only change, Reese McGuire behind the plate instead of Danny Jansen, who had been swinging a pretty hot stick. George Springer remains in center field with Lourdes Gurriel still DHing and batting six. Yankees lineup also similar to last night. One through six is untouched. Judge Stanton, three and four. Gio Urshela homered last night, or Urshela in English, or Spanish. It's actually bilingual. Uh, he homered last night, moves up to the seventh spot, playing short. Kyle Higashioka is in for Gary Sanchez, batting ninth, catching Cole. And he always, for some reason, seems to do damage against the Jays. Also activated another good reliever, Jonathan Mawizaga. Back and active tonight. They won seven straight. Here's Charlie Montoyo on the opponents. The original bloop, bloop single, it was almost in the dirt. And then the home run by Stanton, it was almost like, remind me of Black Guerrero Sr. I'm all, almost in the dirt. And he hit it whatever, I don't know how many miles. So that's when you, you can see somebody's doing well, you know. And let's not forget their bullpen is pretty good too. So whenever they have a lead, that, that's, that's a plus for them. Right. And when, so, but when things like that happen, like, you know, those pitches, the Ryu pitch, that's not a bad pitch. The, yeah, it's not a bad pitch, exactly. How can you trust it when everything's so keep doing, Keep doing what we're doing. There's a reason why we're here. You know, we earned the, the right to be here, so keep doing what you're doing. Welcome to Jamrock. I knew that was coming. The I junior gong Marley, I believe. Yes. Uh, the Orioles did the Jays' big favor last night by beating the Red Sox. Tonight, Zach Lother and his ERA close to eight against Nathan Eovaldi. But it's baseball, kids. Mariners half game ahead of the Jays now as they continue to surge when it matters most. They finish their series with Oakland. Frankie Montas, Logan Gilbert. You can see that game. 10 Eastern, Sportsnet 360. No need to scoreboard watch. You can simply just watch. Thanks to your friends right here. At Sportsnet. Speaking of friends right here at Sportsnet, uh, joining us is the man who will call the game tonight, Dan Schulman. Danny boy, thanks for doing this. Appreciate your time as always. You got it. Good. Uh, good. I can't see you, but good to hear you. But I, I know you can see me, and that's all that really matters. It's probably a good thing that you can't see me, although there is a little before <laughs> and after with me and you whenever we're out here. That's true. <laughs> yes. uh, Garrett Cole. How you, how, you, how you feeling about tonight? How you feeling? Where, where you know, are you emotionally right it, now? It's, it's must win, and that's what we're at right now. Like you're, I, I hate using the term must win when it's not an absolute must win, but this is as damn close as you can get to must win. And for me, we've counted this team out a couple of different times. We have a panic button here. People ask me to hit it. I hit it. We've already hit it twice on this season, Dan, and they've responded. So I'm going to give them the shot yeah. over these final five. I'm going to resist must win, and I hear you, but uh, if they were to lose tonight and then win their last four, so if they went, if they won tomorrow with Robbie Ray on the mound and then swept the Orioles, if they go four and one 
And the, here's the big if. If the Red Sox go 3-2, and two, and as long as the Mariners don't run the table, then the Blue Jays make it to a 163. But 5-0 and oh is obviously a much easier path um, than 4-1. and one. And, and if they're going to win tonight, they'll have to do some damage against Garrett Cole. But you're right. This team has been counted out a couple of times, and they've come back. They've looked like they're in really good shape a couple of times, and then they've taken a step back. You know, maybe they'll uh, bounce back from last night and uh, get off to a quick start against Cole, but uh, I, I hope so. For the fans who have waited for this team to come home and expanded capacity and they bought tickets, and I hope they can see this right through to the end of the regular season. Yeah, without a doubt. And the excitement is obviously back in the building, and you could feel it last night. It's, it's funny because I don't know that we've talked about the resiliency of this team near enough. I mean, the three different homes, the young team, the trying to keep things together. I think we only heard from... Ross Stripling when he said listen this is tough to move people like I'm, I might not be able to see my family for a little while like you've that's the only thing that you've heard from any of these guys about having three different homes and I think if you put the Yankees on this journey you probably would have heard something different. Yeah, I think you probably would have heard more, and and uh, I agree with you, and and I understand that to you and to me and and uh, and the fans and and everybody who's not part of the baseball club, it might be you know heck they they make good money and they charter and they stay in nice hotels and all of those things are true, but they're also regular people with families and concerns, and you're right, moving family and kids and uh, stopping this lease and starting that lease and where's my car and where's my mail, whatever the case may be, you know while you're playing. Uh, on national television and, and trying to play at a very high level and trying to make the postseason, it, it's normal for them to have concerns um, just like all of us do. And, and I'm not, I agree with you. I'm not sure that that's been taken into consideration enough. But it was what it was. It is what it is. They, you know, they, they can't yeah. turn the clock back. We all know they're 21-10 and 10 at the Rogers Center. I think we all feel if they'd have been home all year, they'd have a better record. But, again, this is where they are. They lost some games they should have won, probably more than won some games they should have lost. There have been a couple of those, too, obviously, but um, they've put themselves in, in a pretty difficult situation, obviously, right now. But, there again, there still is a pathway to the postseason, I think, even if they lose tonight, but certainly if they win tonight uh, and could win tomorrow. They're going to have to win at least four of their last five to have a chance, and they're going to have to get some help from Baltimore and Washington playing Boston over the last week. Yeah, that's the part that scares me a little bit, uh, and, yeah. and where I may disagree with you a little bit is on the other teams. But it is baseball. Anything can happen, and proof was in Chris Sale losing to the Baltimore Orioles last night. Speaking of really good pitchers, both of, you are, both of us have already said the name Garrett Cole. Um, he, he seems to have moved on from whatever controversy surrounded the spider tack. Yes, he has. Uh, although he does have a 575 ERA over his last four starts, one of which was against the Blue Jays. It was the first of those four. That's when he came out with a hamstring issue in the fourth inning. He also gave up seven earned runs to Cleveland, but he is still Garrett Cole. He is still one of the best pitchers in baseball. Jose Barrios not far off. This is a, a great matchup. Cole knows the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays know Cole. This is not going to be easy. They've got some guys who have some pretty good career numbers against him. Teoscar Hernandez uh, among them, but there's no question if, if you're talking about the, the best starting pitchers in baseball, he is on a very short list. And, and if the Blue Jays are going to win this game, they're going to have to earn it. Nothing's going to be handed to them tonight. Uh, as if the uh, Yankees' bullpen didn't look good enough yesterday, they get even more help today, don't they? 
Jonathan Loisiga is back in case uh, you were worried that they didn't have enough guys who throw 98. <laughs> now they add Loisiga to the bullpen, and, and they're incredibly deep right now. You know, Chad Green's been around a long time. He's a very good reliever. Luis Severino back from Tommy John surgery in the bullpen. He's throwing 97-98, pitching in high-leverage situations. Clay Holmes, who they picked up from Pittsburgh, actually didn't have his best performance last night, uh, but generally has been great, and they didn't have to use a role as Chapman last night, right? right. It, it had Urshel not hit that home run on the top of the ninth. Chapman pitches the bottom of the ninth. It looked that way anyway. And maybe so he's not, you know, maybe he throws 25 pitches last night and it impacts him tonight. So, yeah, they are loaded in the bullpen. Aaron Boone's got 10 arms down there on his pregame Zoom today. He said, yeah, this is probably the most comfortable I've felt with the bullpen all season long. We're used to the Yankees having a really good bullpen, but for stretches during this season, it wasn't actually no. that way, but it is that way now, and that's why best way for the Blue Jays to win, get a lead, keep a lead, rather than try to come from behind late against that bullpen. And even when you have a lead against this team, uh, there are um, arms of a different variety, and uh, Judge and Stanton flex those arms. I know, I know you have a relationship with Aaron Boone, and I don't know how much you've been able to catch up with him over the last little while, but that ball that Stanton hit yesterday – I mean, it was unicorn-like. It's, it's unbelievable yeah. what he was able to do with that pitch. It's the lowest pitch in terms of off the ground. John Carlos Stanton has ever hit for a home run. And it is, I believe, the first down and in changeup where Trevor Richards has ever surrendered a home run. Now, Richards threw Stanton, I believe, four of them in that at-bat. Mm -hmm. And I believe threw him four of them in an at-bat three weeks ago uh, in the Bronx. So Stanton, listen, he he's hot as can be right now. And he obviously picked up that it was a changeup, and he knows where Richards likes to throw the changeup down and in, and he's just so strong. I mean, he, he can – he doesn't need to get all of it to hit it out. Everybody knows that. He's a monster, right? And um, he's on fire right now. And Judge is very hot as well. And though, even if just those two guys are hot, it makes the Yankee lineup really imposing. There are other guys towards the bottom of the order not hitting as well. Uh, but when, you know, Stanton can be really streaky, but when he's on a hot streak, yeah. I mean, he's as, he's as hot as anybody in baseball right now. And, and I think, obviously, this goes, here's a, you know, Captain Obvious, they got to be really careful. If, if they get into a situation with first base open or the wrong matchup or something, like, don't be a hero. Send them down there and try to get, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's Gallo hitting fifth. So um, you, you really got to pick and choose when he's on this kind of a run. But that's this team. Like, it feels like that's a microcosm of what this team is. Like, they, when they're on, look the bleep out. And when they're off, they yeah. look average. Yeah, um, so they're not a great defensive team, and yeah. they've been a very poor base-running team all season. Uh, but don't they look like a different team, like a totally different team than the Blue Jays played three weeks ago in the Bronx? The Blue Jays never trailed yeah. in that four-game series. But again, Stanton wasn't on this run, and the bullpen wasn't this good. And when the Yankees have been good in recent years, it's really power and bullpen. Those are the two things that jump out at me, and those two things are going right now. They've homered in 19 consecutive games, and maybe that doesn't sound crazy. It's the third longest streak in Yankee history, and it's the second longest streak for any team this year. And it's not like they're hitting one home run a game either. They've got 41 home runs in their last 19 games. And since August the 1st, the only team that's hit more home runs than the Yankees is the Blue Jays. But right now... Uh, the Yankee bats uh, are going. appear to be one through nine. Yeah, they're going. They're a little bit hotter than yeah. the Blue Jays are. But you know what? It can it can all change tonight. You never know. I, I learned the most um, 
about sports, doing play-by-play from working with people uh, like you work with Aaron Boone. And you've been around this business for a long time. And I, I wonder if you've learned about how players like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette, who we know are supreme talents, who people have talked about at every level being the type of guy that can be this at this level. This first time through, and, and I know they made the playoffs last year, but it was a little bit different. It was yep. a shortened season, and they only had one game, and uh, there were more teams that made the playoffs. But going through this kind of pennant race slash wild card race for the first time, can there be trials and tribulations that you have to learn from in spots like this? Yeah, I think so. I think it's very unusual to not have trials and tribulations before you get to the other side. And I agree with you 100% and even more. Last year was nothing like this year. They're two different things. One was a sprint. One was a marathon. Uh, so a sprint, you know, 60 games, I don't know if they had time to get tired mentally or physically last year right it was it, it was 60 games this year's 162 totally different thing uh Bichette and Guerrero have never played this much baseball in a season and some of the other guys in their lives and as you said eight teams made the playoffs last year imagine if eight teams made the playoffs this year we'd be talking about who the Blue Jays are going to play next week it'd be right. a totally different situation this is hard and it's supposed to be hard um, and, and it's the kind of thing, Tim, where I don't think anybody in the moment is going to talk about it. But after the season, whenever that happens to be, mm -hmm. I think we're going to get quotes and interviews where people say, you know what, I learned so much from this year and I'm going to I'm going to use that over the in the offseason to come back better, stronger, physically, mentally, whatever, whatever the case may be um, that they have learned a lot. And, and I believe there is a bit of a cumulative effect still of the Dunedin Buffalo Toronto thing, even though they've been home right now and they're playing in the toughest division in baseball right if they were in another division they'd have a better record but again nobody said life was fair you, you play the hands you're dealt but I think it's the kind of thing where at the end of this season and coming into next season no matter how this year ends we're going to hear guys like Bo and Vladdy and, and some of the other players talk about what the experience was like what they learned from it and how they hope to put it to good use going forward uh, Danny, just a couple of guys talking here. No one's watching, but uh, let me let me ask you to dig into your game notes. What's the what's the right. one game note that you kind of got in the back pocket that you think might be able to play a factor in today's game number two between the Yankees and the Jays? Okay, I'll tell you, Jose Barrios. Let me reach. I think it's 192. My scorecard's over there nice. out of reach. I think he's held right-handed batters to a 192 average this year. So, mm. um, I mean, he's been great. He's really been kind of underrated, great for both Minnesota and Toronto. He's been one of the five or six best starting pitchers in the American League on the season. So, can Barrios keep Judge and Stanton from doing too much damage? It's a heavy right-hand hitting lineup. Uh, for the Yankees I, I think that that's a big part of it and, and I wonder now Higashioka is a much better catcher than Sanchez um, but uh, I wonder if the Blue Jays they ran early last yeah. night I don't know if they'll try to do it again but you know one of the things you there, there's not much you can do when the bats aren't going the way you want the bats to go one of the things you can do is steal a base try to put guys in motion it doesn't happen as much as it used to we all understand that but I wonder if the Blue Jays will try to be a little bit aggressive early um, the biggest thing though I, I think if if Laddie were to get into one, everybody relaxes. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not saying they're tight or tense because he's oh for whatever it is, his last 18 or something like that. 
but um, you know his good is the best, right? And and uh, I, I think if he were to have a good at bat in the first inning, do something, whatever that something might be in the first inning, I think everybody might relax. So yeah. uh, those are some of the things I'm looking for tonight. There would be a collective exhale, and it wouldn't be just in the dugout. I think it would be in the stands right. as well. Uh, looks like we're going to yeah. get 30,000 in that Rogers Center tonight. Uh, nice to see, nice to feel, and nice to call. Danny, thanks for doing this. Anytime. Looking forward to it. Uh, there is Dan Schulman, who will have the call of tonight's game. And as, as a play-by-play guy, you love being able to lay out and just let the audience take control of the big moment because you know you're going to get that, that pop, that reaction. And you, I, I could just kind of hear Dan do that a couple times last night, more than he would have done with 15 because he got the 30. Uh, or Time for a break. We'll continue the Jays' pregame show. We'll give you a sneak peek. Hazel May sat down with tonight's starter, Jose Barrios, and we'll do that next. As the folks continue to trickle in, 30K tonight at the Rogers Center. Will it get the Jays to a victory? We'll find out very soon. Tim and Friends continues. This is Tim and Friends, and we are less than 10 minutes away from sending you to Blue Jays Central on Sportsnet. Stanton and Judge on a tear right now. You see him at batting practice. Here's Charlie Montoyo on how dangerous that combo can be. Yeah, you know what it is? Uh, that thing reminds me of how we were two weeks ago. They're hot. Everything's going their way right now, and that's how baseball works, you know? And, and they're, they're playing good baseball. So the one thing when you get two hitters back-to-back, you got to get the other guys out. So right not to have many people on base because you, you said it, they're really hot. How hot are they, Jesse? Stanton and Judge have driven in 63% of the Yankees' runs during their seven-game winning streak. Like, okay, you, you see what Stanton looks like at the plate, and like specifically that Richards at bat, and we saw what he did to that ball that was 1.26 feet off the ground. Like, are there? I know how amazing Vladdy has been, and I know what Shohei d- does, but just like in terms of imposing figures. When those two guys step up to the plate, like, are there two more imposing batters in all of well, baseball than ma- these two guys? Like, they're they are massive. the Bronx Bombers. Yeah, like, that's where the name. They are the Bronx Bombers. Yeah, they're massive, and I love the batting stance of Stanton, specifically. That adds to the imposing figure that he cuts at the plate, without a doubt. But as we talk about this, and I got a chuckle out of Sebi, which I love, on the 63% of the Yankees' runs have been driven in during the seven-game winning streak by those two dudes. But if you look at... Barrios numbers and the, the reason why I asked Dan to dig into the game notes mm-hmm. is as a play-by-play guy you're looking at things like matchups you're looking at ideas that may play out during a game and when you live in that world which I can't do because I got to watch all sports right now sometimes you find stuff like that and think of what he told us Barrios right-handed batters are hitting 192 off of Barrios, if he's able to quell the uprising that is Stanton and Judge and take a couple of those RBIs away, that's how you might be able to beat Garrett Cole in whatever we're determining this must-win to be. Yeah, Near must-win, actual must-win, no, must 90% must-win. Shulman thought it was more of a 50% must-win. Like, that's where we're at right now. And speaking of Barrios, coming up on Blue Jay Central, Hazel May sits down with the Jays starter tonight, and they discuss this. Here's a sneak peek. You know Blue Jays fans are thrilled to see Jose Barrios in a Toronto Blue Jays uniform. During trade deadline, 
did you know your name was out there? Did you know that you were eventually going to be moved? Yeah, yeah. I, I start hearing about all the rumors. Obviously, a lot of post media. Now with the media, we can see a lot of you know stuff out there. I'm trying to keep my myself, you know, focused on where we are before. Mm -hmm. Now we're here. So again, Hazel May, Jose Barrios, uh, sit down one on one. You can see that coming up on Sportsnet and Sportsnet uh, on Blue Jay Central. It seems as though that trip back to Minnesota gave a lot of Jays fans kind of a window into the dude that they were getting as well as the pitcher that they were getting because there was a lot of respect paid to that guy in Minnesota. Yeah, I just think with, with every start that he's had now, um, I think Blue Jays fans at the beginning were kind of hesitant with the deal because of who it they gave up. Didn't look great and... They gave up two top five prospects. Exactly. But with every start, I think you're starting to see just why the Blue Jays front office was willing to give up what they gave up. Because I think Shai made an excellent point when you were talking to him just about how uncomfortable the batters look against Jose Barrios. And the contrast from Barrios and what we'll see tonight versus Ryu last night. And when Ryu's not on, it's difficult for him because he doesn't have the velocity factor. But Barrios has the velocity and he has the movement, and you can see he has the raw talent and skills, which is why the Blue Jays were willing to give up what they gave up. Uh, earlier today, uh, as we often do in this show, we'd love to get you involved. Yes. Uh, and we did uh, via Twitter. We had to poll, and uh, we asked for uh, – we were trying to take the temperature of the Toronto Blue Jays faithful. Uh, Jesse, fill us in on what we got on both. Yeah, so we asked. The Blue Jays are one game back of the wild card with five games to go, and we, we went to the poll before. Let's go to the, the GIF. Drop a GIF to describe how you're feeling about the Jays' postseason chances. And I do have to give a shout-out to those watching and those following along on Twitter. Almost 500 responses Love it. with GIFs to this one tweet. So let's rifle through a couple here because there's some good ones. That's engagement, uh, Jesse. Gary. That's engagement. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Pretty good number there. Uh, Gary, so, I mean, that's you knew that was coming. You're pulling, pulling the hair out, and I figured I'd start with that one because... I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, 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 you used, to, you used to pull it out. Yeah, I've been in all these situations before, kids. Right. That's why you go from Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, too good. Too good. All right. Uh, Maggie. Yeah, this. I mean, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting for it. From Jim uh, Carrey to this. Yeah, Jim Carrey to this. Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw that it's yesterday. I think I read a tweet that said it's you, a national drunken party. Are you a drinker when you watch games? Like, I'm the opposite. I kind of want to be I want to be focused. I want to be sharp. I want to understand what's going on. Maybe one, but not like this. No, I mean, if I'm at the game, I'll have one. But like, if I'm going home tonight, like, it's, it's there's there's fandom and then there's work. Like, we're watching. i got to, like, dig it's deep a work here night, when yeah. I'm watching. School it's night. a work night. Yeah, gotcha. No drinking allowed. Uh, okay, the cat says, oh, this is a great one. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a stressful situation. What can you say? David, the office, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, Jack? That's too good. Jack, happy. I miss, oh. 30, I miss 30 Rock, eh? Do you? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Dimitri, so you're telling me there's a chance. And we saw that that's sign was up at the Rogers Center. Not too long ago. And there is a chance, but like you said, they got to run the table. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of the five game playoff we were talking about yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Five game tiebreak. So this happens and this happens. And this. All right. Uh, Andrew, yeah. Larry David. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on the air. Yeah. Uh, hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Not a lot of optimism in that one. That's the choke from Game of Thrones, King Joffrey. 
And finally, he was kind of an idiot, eh? Matthew, you got this. Yeah, King Joffrey, you're not a fan. Are you a Game of Thrones person or no? Uh, there's a long story to that that we do not have time oh, okay, for fine, right fine. now, but I'm still, I think, on season like eight or six. There are only eight seasons. Like that. No, you're you're yeah, bang on. Yeah, six. I'm on six. All right, time to send you to Blue Jays Central on sports. Then Jamie and Joe standing by to take you to first pitch. Hazel May, Jose Barrios will continue on Sportsnet 360 with Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. That's all coming up on the Sportsnet family of channels. So Blue Jays Central is over on Sportsnet. We continue on Sportsnet 360. And because Blue Jays Central is on there, we can talk about other things besides the Blue Jays, including the Toronto Raptors. And on Monday's show, we brought you my conversation with GM Bobby Webster from Media Day. That day, I also sat down with Nick Nurse. Now, we discussed plenty of topics like the Raptors' return home, their playoff odds, and what they need from Pascal Siakam who may fill the leadership gap with Kyle Lowry now in Miami. The Raptors have plenty of new faces, including Goran Dragic, who they got in the Lowry deal, as well as fourth overall pick Scotty Barnes. Here now, myself, Nick Nurse, conversating. We're joined now by the Raptors head coach, Nick Nurse. Thank you very much for doing this. No problem. Good to see you. I, I, good to see you. I know that you guys had to jump through some hurdles, and there's still some hurdles every day, but is it finally good to be home? Yeah, it, it's amazing to be home. I, I didn't think it was that bad down there, right? You know, we were, it's okay, you know, we're doing it, you know, and, uh, but now it's you're home. Stuff, yeah, man. now you're home, and looking back, it's like really the comfort level of just, like, going down the office hallway and seeing everybody where they're, supposed to be and moving around it's feels awesome does it feel like you guys will like is there a competitive advantage to having some familiarity or is that just my fat head thinking here uh let's sure hope so because i thought we paid for not having one uh last year and i yeah i think i think the, for us you know back that have been here before which there's not a ton of us right, right? but still i think um, for sure it's going to feel better being here and much to our advantage yeah did you know that uh, Vegas has you guys outside of the playoffs? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Do you think they're missing anything? Well, I hope so. I think uh, I just, just talked about it a minute ago. I, we're, we're, I woke up this morning and the new power rankings came out. We're 19th now, but we're up two spots from 21 <laughs> oh, somehow. Do you know last, how? Yeah. In the last month. So <laughs> I said, man, we're on the climb, right? So And, and yeah, the, the, the Vegas, uh, the, uh, what is it, over-under got sent to me a while back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of other good teams that you cannot discount. You just can't. You know, when you look at Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Atlanta, you know, um, Chicago, I mean, Miami, you know, you could, Philly, you can just keep going on and on, and then you got to slot us in somewhere. So I get it. But um, I approach the season like I'm expecting us to win and compete. Right. Like, for real, compete. So, like, going into, going into tomorrow with those same, same thoughts. So, the obvious difference that a lot of people are working with, not just Vegas, is that Kyle Lowry is no longer there. Yeah. How, how do you see, or who do you see, stepping into that leadership void? Well, I think it's got to be, you know, everybody kind of says, oh, it's kind of Fred's natural thing. But Fred was kind of already that guy. He's already a big-time leader, and, and like, it, and he's got his own kind of slice of leadership pie, I think. I think we're going to need some of these other guys that have been around here a little bit to, to fill more of Kyle's void than, you know, Fred. He's already that guy. So it's the guys that have been around. Right, it's it's the OGs and Pascal's and Chris and obviously Freddie a little bit more. Right. 
Uh, I know you were just answering a question about how long you've been here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the longest tenure, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but, but how easy is it for someone to jump into that? Is it natural? Do you guys encourage it? Is there a growth process? Like, to me, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah, I don't think it's that easy. Um, but I think, like, the circumstances we have now is, is there's a lot of new faces that like, hey, you know, they need direction. Like they're gonna come and ask the guy that, hey, you've been here for a while, what do I do? Hey, you know, and I think that that kind of promotes it as well or helps fuel it and, and go from there. But um, there's a lot of new faces. Right. Seems like a, a really interesting season for Pascal Siakam coming off the surgery. What do you need from Pascal this year? Well, I think um, the biggest thing is let's get him healthy, right? availability still the best ability right everybody says that all the time but get him healthy and join in the, the fun you know join in the two-way play and let's play hard at both ends and let's be really versatile he's already kind of that guy of of what we envision some of these other guys being from Scotty to Precious to Chris Boucher to I can just keep going on and on we got some length yeah, OG you know, you know all these guys, guys yeah that, that are coming at you with the ball you I mean Pascal's kind of our our prototype of that, you know, right. hard defense, stealing the ball, pushing it, scoring, and, and um, you know, kind of maybe be the leader of that crew. Right. You know, tell them, tell them how much hard work it was to get there and be that guy and, and show them the way. Did, uh, did you see the New York Times column by Sopan Deb that talked about his struggle with being the man or understanding his role as a man? I did not. You did not. If, if someone came to you and said, I'm struggling with being the man on the team, is it a role of the people around them to make sure that you feel comfortable in whatever spot you're in? Yeah, I mean, I think that like, um, you know, I would never like say, you know, you're the come, man. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> coming into the season, no, you gotta be the man, right? <laughs> you're the man, you're the man, like here, like here's, I mean, I would, I would always think those things kind of again, organically grow and develop and, and there's there's pieces uh, where, where you know there's certainly situations at the end of the game that you're going to get the ball at times, right? And and again, like three years ago, I gave him the ball at the end of a game. I, if you remember Phoenix, like, and everybody was like, "What'd you give him the ball for?" I said, "Well, he's he's good enough. Like, I liked his matchup, and he's good enough. I don't think that should be shifted to like one person. Like, even then, you know, it's it's Kawhi, Kyle, uh, Serge, it's it's Fred, it's you know, they're they're we're working so uh, we can kind of share that being the man thing and yeah he's probably gonna get the highest average because he gets the most chances and he's the most talented offensive scorer we got but I don't know I try to not really talk in those terms of being the man right um one of the things that a lot of people talk about is the one post game blow up that yeah. he talked about in that column yeah, yeah, and obviously yeah. hasn't been uh, shied away from and I, I'm a firm believer that a gem cannot be polished without friction. This is me quoting someone else yep. that appears smart because yep. I'm frankly not that smart. Yeah. But when you look at that and, and the history there, are you guys past that? Is it more the gem now than yeah. it is the friction? Like how, how as grown ass men yeah. do you move on from spots like that? Well, for me, like um, the, the, the incident and the subsequent communication and spending some time together this summer and things like that, it was just like a little bit of an eye-opener for me that, that, that I was doing some things that I didn't even think were that big a deal, right? 
you know, like like just for instance, we're getting blown out in the game, and I just take him out and just decide, you know, that's enough for tonight. Like, you know, like like even like this is a weird year, and not everybody has it every night, and the pandemic, and all this stuff. Just and that for me was was just, but it meant a lot to him. He wanted to keep, you know, and I. It was just disconnect there that to me is like really minor stuff, right? right? And we've talked about it. And, and I think even after it happened, I did a, we, both of us did a better job of just communicating kind of like, that's enough for tonight. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever it is that we're trying to do. And he's a awesome, as you know, awesome person yeah. to be around and, and worked his way into this spot. And, and we've been together the whole time. So I look forward to coaching him. I love coaching him couple more steps. I'm asking a lot about Pascal yeah. because I look around this and I wonder where you're going to get your offense yeah. from. Yeah. Do you have enough offense on this team? We're going to find out. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I would always say that, that um, when you don't have what you would say, you know, people look at you and say, well, who's going to score? Well, then the, 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 the offense has to score and it's got to be a collaborative effort of just generating shots and it, it, you don't know. Mm. You know, you go back a few years or whatever and the, the second unit or whatever would just, you know, one night it'd be Pascal, one night it'd be Fred, one night it'd be C.J. Miles, one night, you know, whatever. And that is just a system kind of of, of the of – the, so we're going to be really good there too, but we also got to develop these guys. There's some, there's some guys climbing now. There's some guys climbing. Yeah. Freddie can score and OG can score and Chris can score and there's some guy Gary Trent can score. I mean, you know, that, you know without when you start talking it out, you start thinking, eh, I don't know, there's, there's some guys that can score there. You know, it's funny because when, when you have change, there's obviously opportunity. Yeah. Who are, you, who are you most excited to see get that opportunity? Well, I think, I think like, um, the change has, has opened up the, the door for Fred, obviously, to kind of, to kind of run the team in, in his fashion. I think uh, Pascal's early injury is certainly going to open the door for Scotty and probably OG and Precious and Chris to get some cracks in the minutes there. Four guys I just mentioned, right? So that's good. There's, you know, I think we we need to see uh, a more of a two-way Gary Trent, right? I think we know he's got some really, really ability to score, and he does have the ability and the speed and things like that and quickness to play defense. Just we need to get him in the system and make it a little more consistent and understand, you know, that that's kind of what we do. Like right. we got to be a two-way player. This is kind of like the whole culture and the system that we do. And so there's all kinds of interesting. Things uh, going on that we're gonna we're gonna have to check in on again here a month so, or so. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> I, won't, yeah. I, won't, I won't make sure that you come back, but we'll yeah, try and get, we'll right. try and get it's you back. Right. So, but defensively, it seems yeah. like this is something that you can hang your hat on. Like you look around and well, yeah. this team yeah. has some defenders. So, so I always you know kind of think as a coach or our coaching staff thinks that as long as we can kind of look you in the eye and keep up with you, speed and quickness wise, and and you know if it comes a physical match that we can hold our own, right. then. We ought to be able to put you in trouble, right? right? You right. know, like, like Alabama football, where they just hand it off, and roll <laughs> oh, everybody yeah. down the field. As long as we can hang in there and look you in the eye, then we we like that. And, right. and then it's you can on, win in the trenches. Well, then it's on us to 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 guard the way they need to, you know, effort-wise, desire, and then the schemes, and get us to do that consistently. And that's that's. All I say, let us look you in the eye, and then then we ought to be able to cause you some some trouble. Okay, last one. Yep. If if I'm uh, a host and I'm trying to gauge this team or the fans are watching right now and they're trying to gauge this team early, what do you want to see from this team early that will tell you that you're on the, the right trajectory? Well, I think it always starts for us defensively and that we're, there's some hard play there, right? I just think you're going to be able to notice if this group's getting it or not right from the gate of, of, of how the other 
team looks in level of comfortability when they have the ball. <laughs> right? Like they shouldn't be very, we should be making them uncomfortable. We should be putting them under duress. We should be doing all that. And it should be every guy that checks in does that. And, and listen, if we come out and do that and, and get the pace going the other way and we, we're consistent with that and we got some depth with that, then we just let the chips fall where they may. But, but we want to, you want to come in here each night and you're going to, you should walk out of here saying, whew. That team really played. That team, really, that team really gave an effort and played hard. I mean, I don't, I don't I mean, remember what the score was, but I'm, right. I'm sure glad we won. <laughs> the Alabama football bus. Yeah, right. uh, I, I appreciate. It. I know that the uh, media day can feel a little bit like a human car wash, so I appreciate yeah, no, you stopping no by this part no of the car wash. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yep. There is Nick Nurse from Media Day, and it felt like. For me, at least, the, the running theme throughout was we're going to try and beat the snot out of you, and I wouldn't use the term snot. Uh, we're going to try and beat the, you know, out of you, and we'll see where the offense comes from. And for me, especially with Pascal Siakam out of the lineup, coming back from that shoulder surgery, mm. there's going to be some opportunity there. I just don't know who can step through and be that dude. Last year, I bet on OG Ananobi to be the most improved player in the league. And I was thinking about the same bet this year, but I, I, I don't, like, can he be that guy? Uh, Fred is Fred, and I feel like that's steady Freddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, where does it, does it Gary Trent Jr.? Yeah, I think it's, there's going to be a, a hole in the lineup when Pascal's not there, and it's going to be up to a multitude of guys. Most of the guys that you mentioned right there are all going to have to step up individually so that the team can score more and it's guys like Gary Trent Jr. who we've seen we did see last he year score. he came over he was yeah. scoring more than 20 points a game right uh, OG Ananobi now the OG one is interesting because a lot of people wanted really desperately wanted to compare him to Kawhi like he's this defensive stalwart and we're just waiting for him to develop the offensive game but it's not like OG hasn't been in the league for a number of years now and he hasn't taken that next step. He was supposed to be a, a breakout guy last year, and he didn't get to the level I think most people were expecting. So the question for me is just where, how do you develop that? Is there a way where you can – he's big, he's strong. Can you develop the moves and the quickness that it takes and the shot yeah. to be able to score at this the, level? The Raptors have shown that they've been able to do that in the past. We'll see if they can continue yeah. it. Guys, do we have time for um, – all right, so Monday was media day, obviously – in Toronto, it was media day across the yep. NBA, and um, we were doing a lot of Jays over the last little while. And there was one clip that just kept popping up in the back of my mind as something that we need to get to. And it was Carl Anthony Towns mm. on Monday at the Minnesota Timberwolves media day, and he was asked about uh, they parted ways with their team president, as only the Minnesota Timberwolves yeah, would do. Like two weeks before the season starts, he was hired in 2019. He's gone. Here, here's how Cat responded to the questions about the stability around him. I've been through everything. Been through death of a head coach who, who gave me this ability and this chance to play for Minnesota, and I'm forever grateful to the Saunders family, and uh, I owe him my life in a way. Um, I've been through numerous front offices. I've been through numerous regimes. Um, I've, while being blessed to have so many great teammates to play with, I've also didn't have a chance to really build any true relationships with anybody because always instability, always change. I've been everything from defamed by teammates, 
been a scapegoat for people. Just COVID, my own personal life. I mean, it hasn't been easy since I came here, but the only thing that's constant is me being a consummate professional and all of that. Does that sound like the end of Cat in Minnesota? And is he part of the reason why the culture sucks? Or does the culture suck and it's taken him down with it? Like, would you want Carl Anthony Towns on your team? I don't think there's any question. Very rarely does someone with that talent level and that skill come. And there was a reason he was the number one overall pick. That clip was someone who sounded exasperated and sad about the situation that he's in. And this is an organization that has been dysfunctional. They've made the playoffs once since 2004. This is this is the organization that drafted Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio in the same draft, yeah. passing on Steph Curry. Right. So this is not something that Carl Anthony Towns is responsible for. This dysfunction was there way before Carl Anthony Towns, and you can only hope for Towns' sake and for the Timberwolves that it's not going to be that way going All forward. Right. Let me throw another little, little, little tiny wrench in there. Yeah. Later in that press conference, he quoted Drake. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. That would be helpful. You know what? What do you say about that? Oh, you hit the horns. Oh, my God. That wasn't scripted. Hold on. Producer told me he told you to do it. (laughs) Time for one last break. We will get to last call, including some Manny Pacquiao next right here. Tim and Friends continues, by the way, about 13 minutes away from the start of the Chase and Yankees game. Come to Toronto, Cat. All right, walking you to the baseball game, Jays and Yankees, and of course, Mariners also on the network a little later on. Just check your local listings for all the latest. We've got you covered, and we do here as we close out with Last Call and Jesse Rubinoff. Can you believe hockey is like, we're, we're almost in the thick of it here. There's five Canadian teams into the in preseason action tonight. Into the thick of it. Oh, right. Singing coming again? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Uh, the Oilers visit the Jets. I'm down. The it's Leafs TikTok. You wouldn't understand. visit the Senators. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. And in Calgary, the Flames will host former captain Mark Giordano and the Seattle Kraken. Giordano spent 15 seasons with the Flames before being selected by Seattle in the expansion draft in July. It's going to be weird for sure tonight coming in here. I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad to get one, uh, get one under my belt here early in uh, my time in Seattle here. And then, uh, you know, the one in December will be special, but uh, it's going to be a big game for sure. It's going to be a divisional game in December. It's going to be a pretty big game. Uh, but, yeah, just looking forward to, to really playing the other night in front of the fans was cool, man. Like, we haven't played in front of fans in a long time, and... Uh, to, to get to Spokane, and I'm looking forward to getting back here and playing in front of these guys again, too. All right, Timmy, so will the Flames regret leaving Giordano exposed in the expansion draft? Uh, I think everyone knew what was happening here, but will they, uh, will they miss their captain? Yes. Uh, will the fans miss their captain? Yes. Uh, he's a quality human being. We pointed it out during the pandemic when he was buying groceries in the neighborhood for people. Like, he's just a good dude, a great story. A Norris Trophy winner as undrafted in the NHL, undrafted in the OHL and junior as well. It is an unbelievable story. 
and I think they'll miss what he brings in and around the community, but it seemed like it was kind of the foregone conclusion before we even got to the expansion. Yeah, when the names were being bandied about, bandied about he was probably the first one that most lists would have on. Right. And and you could feel that they were going to leave him unprotected. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. We got some like homecomings in sports this year. Like yeah. Giordano, Lowry, Lowry it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, boxing legend Manny Pacquiao announced yes. his retirement from the sport earlier today. Pacquiao tweeted to the greatest fans and the greatest sport in the world. Thank you. Thank you for all the wonderful memories. This is the hardest decision I've ever made, but I'm at peace with it. Chase your dreams, work hard, and watch what happens. Goodbye, boxing. What will you remember most about his career? Because you are, if I do say so myself, a boxing aficionado? A, a little bit. I'm, I'm a little less than I used to be, but I will say this. Uh, growing up in Scarborough and going to Catholic school, uh, you grew up around a lot of Filipino dudes. Mm -hmm. And I heard about Manny Pacquiao early in his career. And the reason I liked Manny Pacquiao and many people loved Manny Pacquiao was he felt like what is the last of a dying breed of stand in front of you fight and value toughness dudes. And he brought that. He never, except for Mayweather, because Mayweather wouldn't stand there and fight with him, and we all kind of understand why. He brought you real fights every time. And if you go through them, um, the Mar I mean, you could watch all four Marquez and be entertained by them all. The Ricky Hatton who walked into the ring thinking that he was going to bring this bravado that you admire from an English fighter. And Pacquiao just took him apart. And of course, Miguel Cotto. Um, that, I mean, it's, he has a bunch of really legendary fights. It's too bad most people go back to Mayweather Pacquiao. This is why I called you a boxing aficionado. Look at that, just rifling off fights that Manny Pacquiao's been in big I, ones. I did kind of go through it in my head before we, uh, before we got to the... Uh, to the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fine. Whatever. I was just, just I was, re credit, I was reliving my, my Manny Pacquiao moments. Give yourself some credit. Uh, speaking of fighters, yes, yes, the Milwaukee Brewers are headed to the postseason, but they'll be without reliever Devin Williams. After Milwaukee clinched the NL Central title on Sunday, Williams broke his hand during the post-game celebrations. The 2020 Rookie of the Year admitted he had too much to drink, got angry about something, and punched a wall. He broke his pitching hand. And he's gonna need surgery to repair it. What is the dumbest injury you, Tim oh, McCallum, have I've done ever that. suffered? I've done exactly that. I have You've broken your hand, punching I, a wall. I didn't break my hand, but I severely damaged my hand. Punching a wall that I thought was just drywall and realized later that there were bricks behind oh, that no. drywall. What? <laughs> I jacked of up all the walls my, in the world to my punch? left hand. Yeah, it was just a wall. I turned. I used to. That's how I used to get rid of my frustration. Did you break your hand? No, I didn't break my hand. But I went to the hospital and they just said, "Suck it up, Buttercup," and sent me on my way. That's what they said to you. <laughs> Basically, they didn't say uh, stop punching walls. You know, it was funny. It was, it was around an exam. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, my hand is messed up, and maybe I can get out of this exam. It was university. Right. And I was like, and they're like, no, no, it's fine. And I'm like, so you're not going to give me a letter? And they're like, we're not giving you a letter. I'm going to have to figure out what made you so angry so that I stay away from that. Uh, probably won't hurt as much as it <laughs> oh, used to. Right. That's it for us. A reminder, Jays and Yankees about to get underway on Sportsnet. Mariners and A's later tonight. Thanks for watching. Talk to you tomorrow.